go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Uh, we're going to cover the entire chapter, uh, but I promise you I'm going to move through it quickly. Uh, I know it's a lot to unpack, but I'm going to unpack it with, with really uh, three truths. Number one, we need to be watchful. Number two, we need to be ready. And number three, we need to be encouraged. You're going to hear me say those three things over and over and over again. Be watchful, be ready, and be encouraged. Uh, Not too long ago, as a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, I asked some random people to give me one word. I said, I'm going to say something, and I want you to tell me in one word what you think about what I say. And here's here's what I said. What do you think about the end times? And the words I got were all over the map. Unsure, um, scared, <laughs> fearful, doubtful, confused, apocalypse. I mean, I got all kinds of words. What do you think about the end times? How do you feel about the end times? And I'm going to tell you, um, the Bible has everything we need to know about the end times. It has everything we need. Did you hear me? Everything we need to know about the end times. It may not be everything we want to know, but it has everything we need to know. God has told us what we need to know about the end of times. Now, Brother Andy just led us in some worship songs, and I thought about those words fearful and doubtful. And and as we look in context about the end times this morning in Mark chapter 13, I want to tell you what Jesus told his disciples, it really applies not just to the end times, it applies to right here and right now, in every area of our lives, Uh, whether it's something going on in your life physically, or whether it's something going on in your life emotionally, or relationally, or financially, whether it's something going on at home, or at work, and you, you just are unsure, you're confused, you're fearful, or you're doubtful, if you will listen to Jesus... You can be watchful, you can be ready, and you can be encouraged. You don't have to live this life in fear. You don't have to live this life in doubt and in confusion. If you do, that's your choice. No amens. That's what I thought. Listen to me. The way you live in this life, it is a choice that you make. You choose how you live in this life. You can choose to live fearfully, in doubt, in confusion, or you can go to God's Word and you can be encouraged. And you can live watching and waiting, and you can live ready for whatever comes your way. Whether right here and right now, or whether tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or next year, God willing. Mark chapter 13 is what many theologians and biblical scholars uh, titled the Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse. Uh, Jesus continues to teach his disciples. He's been teaching them uh, the truth about who he is and about what he has come to do. And now he's going to teach them about the temple, about Jerusalem, and about the world and its future. It's called the Olivet Discourse because Jesus leads them right across the road from the temple to a place called the Mount of Olives. This passage is also known as one of the most difficult passages to preach, to teach, to understand. And the reason why is because Jesus uses much prophetic language. 
He uses prophecy from the Old Testament. Uh, He uses Jewish apocalyptic literature to teach his disciples about what's going to happen to the temple, what's going to happen to Jerusalem, and ultimately what's going to happen to this world in what we call the end times. Now, I want to stop real real quick and tell you this. I do not know it all, and I'm not going to try to teach you something I don't know. I'm not going to teach you something that I don't fully understand. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. And and if I can explain it a little bit, I will. And if I can't, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to move on. But I can tell you this. Jesus tells us in this passage three things. Be watchful, be ready, and be encouraged. There are some truths that I can tell you, though. Some truths that, that I can stand upon. Number one, as Christ followers... We can know that Jesus is our victorious king. We can know that. Listen, at this time, when Jesus was there at the temple, the religious leaders were were all against him. They even teamed up. Religious groups that didn't even like each other came together because they wanted to kill Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. The, The disciples didn't understand it. They didn't like it. They wanted to fight against it. But Jesus said, no, this is why I have come. Right, And it may have looked like, it may have even felt like that Jesus was going to die and he was going to lose. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is victorious. He was victorious and he still is victorious. He is our victorious king. That's the truth of God's word. And I can stand on that. Another truth that I will give you today, as Christ followers, we can know that Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And the Bible says that as Christ followers, we will dwell with Him forever. He is coming back. People have been saying, well, y'all been saying that for 2,000 plus years. Yeah, guess what? I'm going to say it today. I'm going to say it tomorrow. I'm going to say it until I die or until I am raptured in the sky with Him. But He's coming back. God's Word is truth. Every word of it is truth. And so if God's Word says Jesus is coming again, guess what? He's coming again. And it don't matter if it's during my time or somebody else's time, he's coming back. And the Bible says, as his child, I'm going to dwell with him forever. I'm going to tell you, I don't really need to know much more than that. Do I want to know more? Sure I do. So I read. Jesus and his disciples, they were leaving the temple, and they were crossing the road, and they were going up to this mountain, this Mount of Olives, And the disciples were blown away when they looked at the temple. See, they had a vantage point. When they went over here up on the top of the Mount of Olives, they had basically a bird's eye view of the temple. Everything else was below the temple. It it was in an incredible position. Uh, It was in an awe-struck position. People would look at it and they would be filled with awe. As a matter of fact, uh, the temple during this time was known as one of the great wonders of the world uh, during the Roman age. And so the disciples, they were blown away by the size of the temple and and the majesty of the temple. And maybe the disciples still thought that Jesus was about to take over the temple, right? Maybe in their minds, because think about this. The Jews believed that when the Messiah come, he was going to put everything under his feet and the Jews were going to reign with him on earth. That's, That's what they believed. And so even the disciples, maybe they thought, well, uh, Jesus is showing us, right? He's showing us where we're going to be with him, and he's going to finally put everything under his feet. So maybe they're, they're caught up in this. And Jesus tells them right here in Mark chapter 13 in these first four verses, 
He says, not one stone here. He's pointing to the temple. They're filled with wonder and awe in this incredible building on earth. And Jesus says, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. What, was, what did Jesus tell them? He told them, what you're looking at, what man has built, what is awesome, is about to be torn down completely. Not just, not just a little bit. Every stone will be taken off of the other. It will be completely leveled. Do you think the disciples were ready to hear that? They were not ready to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. Not the temple. Not the place where God's presence resides. This was something they weren't ready to hear. It was something that they they couldn't comprehend. And it is right here on the Mount of Olives, the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus teaches them and prepares them for their future. So when we talk about the future, especially the end times, it can be very difficult to understand. It can even be a little unsettling. How many of you love just turning to the book of Revelation and and, and looking what it's going to look like, right? I don't know about you, but to be honest with you, I love reading the book of Revelation. I love it. I, I, I love the, the, the symbolism. I, I, I love just the language. Uh, but now here's the thing. If I wasn't a believer, or if I didn't really know the truth of all of God's Word, I could see where reading Revelation is like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be a part of that, of what happens during the end time. I can understand that. It can be unsettling. And that is why Jesus tells us the truth about the end times. He tells us the truth about the end times so that we can be watchful, but we can also be ready. And as Christ followers, we can be encouraged. Right? It doesn't scare me. Listen, the seven years of tribulation, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, it's, 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 it's bad. You, you think the earth is bad now? Read about the seven years of tribulation. It's going to be horrible. Right? But it doesn't scare me. I'm not fearful of it. I'm not scared or fearful of the Antichrist and what's going to happen during the end days. You want to know why? Because I am a child of God. We just sang it. I am a child of God. And so nothing that happens in the tribulation, nothing that happens at the end time is going to change my eternity and my forever because I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I stand upon that. Am I watchful? Absolutely. Am I ready? As best I can be through the Spirit who strengthens me. Am I encouraged? Absolutely, because my Jesus tells the truth. He tells the truth. Look at it with me, Mark chapter 13. I'm going to begin in verse 13, I mean verse 5. Mark chapter 13, verse 5. Jesus said to them, watch out. You see those? Two, Two words right at the beginning. Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. Look at verse 9. You must be on your guard. So Jesus said, watch out. And now he says, you better be ready. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. 
And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested, notice, it, it, I mean, he tells you, you're, you're going to be arrested. Wherever you are arrested and brought to trial, look at this. What does he say? Three words. Do not worry. So he's given us a couple of do nots already, right? Number one, do not be alarmed. And now he says, do not worry. Pay attention to what Jesus says because he's not just talking to the disciples. He's talking to you and me as well because we are his followers and believers. He says, wherever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. In other words, you don't have to worry about what to say because the Spirit of God is going to say it through you. You just don't be alarmed and you don't worry. Look at verse 12. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and even have them put to death. Verse 13. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who what? Stands firm. Be encouraged. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I love this this first passage, verses 5 through 13, because we see these truths. Number one, we should be watchful. Why should we be watchful? Jesus tells us, watch out, because they will come to do what? Deceive you. We must be watchful because there will be times of deception. Uh, the false teachers, the false leaders, they will try to deceive us with all kinds of false teaching and false doctrine. They will even claim to come on the behalf of Jesus and even claim to be Jesus. We've seen that. We've seen that recently in our own history. Right here in the United States. A cult right over there in South Texas. Oh yeah, we've seen it. They will use events in our present world. They will use catastrophes in our world to proclaim the end. And they will try to throw everything into chaos. But Jesus, what does he say about the wars and the rumors of wars and the catastrophes? He says these are the beginning of the birth pains. How many times when we hear of a war or we see a war, we look at each other going, oh, it's over. This is it. It's the end. How many times? Nobody wants to be called out, but don't we do that? Oh, these these hurricanes, they're bigger and stronger and more fearful than they ever were before. How do you know that if you didn't live back 100 years ago? You you don't know. But people are going to claim to know. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better be alert. You better go to the one who knows what he's saying. Because you, you, you can listen to a lot of things and you better be careful what you listen to. Because there's people out there that all they want to do is deceive you. Use you. The only way to know what is false is to know what is true. Do you hear me? The only way to know what is false is to know what is true. I've got a ring on my fa- finger. It's a wedding ring. I, if, if I were, and of course you can't really see it that well, but I asked, a, I asked a young man at, at, uh, at chapel the other day. I, I spoke at chapel at a school. And I was standing there and I asked the young man, I said, what kind of ring do you think this is? You know what he said? Silver. It's silver. It's a silver ring. And, and here's the thing. It looks silver, doesn't it? I know those of you on the front can kind of see it, right? 
It shines like silver, but guess what? This ain't silver. It's platinum. There's a difference between silver and platinum, but not to the eye. To the eye, they look the same. Now, a jeweler like Don or Bradley or someone else can probably look at it and go, yeah, that's not silver, that's platinum. But for most people, right, the only way to really know that this is not silver is to touch it and hold on to it. You want to know why? Because platinum weighs a whole lot more than silver. And you can weigh it and go, whoa, that that ain't silver. (laughs) It might be silver-coated, but it ain't silver. No, it's platinum. Here's the thing, right? And if you want to know what is false, you better know what is true. Or you'll fall for anything. We got people out there saying, oh, the end of the world is going to be this. You know how many books have been written and sold? Like these people are millionaires now sitting in their condos because people bought their books that said, Jesus is coming back on this day, on this time. You better get ready. You know how many books have been written? Thousands. Jesus said, look out. Be watchful because deception will be real. Not only that, He tells us to be ready. To be ready for what? He tells us to be ready for times of persecution. The disciples who were with Jesus here at the Mount of Olives, they would soon face religious persecution. They would be chased down. They would be chased down by religious leaders who opposed Jesus. If you're for Jesus, we're against you. That's what they would do. They would be chased down by the Roman authorities, even from others. They would soon face... Personally, right? Personally face intense hatred because of their connection with Jesus. Even their own families would turn against them. That's what Jesus said. For his disciples in this moment, Jesus, he even prepared them for the destruction of the temple. He pointed to the temple and said, that building that you're oohing and on about is <laughs> fixing to be gone. Like in your lifetime, guys, it's fixing to be gone. That's what he was telling them. It's about to be gone. As a matter of fact, uh, we know this, and we'll see it in verses 14 through 23. The temple that Herod had renovated and reconstructed, it was actually completely destroyed. No stone left in its spot in 70 A.D. by the Romans. They obliterated the temple. And Jesus said, what? That building you're looking at? Not one stone will be laying on another one. He told them. He said, get ready. Get ready, you're going to be persecuted. That temple that you're oohing and on about, it's going to be gone. Jesus also prepared the disciples for what is known as the tribulation period. And that will come right before Jesus' millennial reign, the thousand-year reign. And we'll see that in a few verses as well. But I'm going to tell you, we can look at this and go, well, man, the disciples had it bad, but we'll never have it that bad. You better look out. Because it can, and I'm going to tell you something, it will get bad. It can, and it will get bad. We may not face exactly what the disciples face, but we are going to face persecution. Why? Because Jesus said, the world hates me. And because the world hates me, what did Jesus make a promise to all who believe in him? The world will what? Hate you too. You take a stand for Jesus. Anywhere, take a stand for Jesus. And see what happens. You're going to get called out. (laughs) You're going to get ridiculed. You will be persecuted. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be persecution that comes during the tribulation period too. We're fixing to see. It's going to be bad. We need to be watchful because there's going to be deception. We need to be ready because there's going to be persecution. But here's what I don't want you to miss. We should be encouraged, right? 
We should be encouraged by what Jesus is teaching his disciples and preparing his disciples for. We should be encouraged by what Jesus is telling us today. He says, do not worry. He says, stand firm. Jesus says, hey, don't forget who you are and don't forget whose you are. Now, that's my words, right? But he tells them very clearly that you will be my witnesses. That's what he says. When they come and take you to the councils, when they come and take you to the courts, you will be witnesses to them. That's what he says. Isn't that what Paul says in his letters? We are God's witnesses. We are God's ambassadors, right? We represent God's kingdom, not our own. And so he says there's going to be much deception, there's going to be much persecution, but, but, but stand firm. Don't worry, don't be alarmed. E- even when you're confused and you think, oh man, I don't know how to answer that. Don't worry, why? Because if you are truly standing in the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will tell you what to say, when to say, and how to say it. You just have to believe. You just have to trust And so Jesus, he gives these words to his disciples so that they can be watchful, they can be ready, and they can be encouraged. He's not done, right? He's only told them this amount of future, right? From now until 70 AD, here's what it's going to be like. And in 70 AD, of course, he didn't give them the exact time, but he said the temple's going to be tore up. But then Jesus said, let's look a little bit further into the future. Watch this, verse 14. Ooh, here we go. Prophecy. Book of Daniel, verse 14, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, he is quoting scripture, Daniel chapter 9. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those days, those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning. You think it's bad now? We ain't seen bad like it's going to be. He says those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. And that time, or at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, look, there he is, Do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to do what? Deceive. He's already told us, watch out for the deceivers. He said they will come to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Even those who believe and know the truth, there are going to be those who try to deceive them. Verse 23, so be on your guard. Is that twice he said that already now? Be ready. Be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Now, look, I I get it. There there was a time in my life when I read that passage of Scripture, and I was like, okay, fast forward, because I don't get it. I don't understand. There, There was a time in my life when I read that, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? What is he talking about? 
I, I, I was there. But I've done a lot of studying, I've done a lot of praying, and I've done a lot of looking at this. And I'm going to tell you, first and foremost, the abomination that causes desolation. You're going, Brother Jeff, what is he talking about? It is a reference to Daniel chapter 9, and it points to the one known as the Antichrist. He's talking about the Antichrist, the one who is going to come and make people think that he is Christ, but he is not. And it points to what is known as the tribulation or the tribulation period. So according to the Bible, and I don't have time to go into great detail, so uh, maybe at another time we can get into this. But according to the Bible, the tribulation period is going to be a seven-year period unlike any other period the earth has ever experienced. It will be the period right before Jesus' second coming. Listen to me, okay? People get confused and they think the rapture is the second coming. It is not. Okay? Some people don't even believe there's going to be a rapture. There are actually theologians and biblical scholars that go, well, the rapture may... uh, eh." Listen, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe there is going to be a rapture. I believe the rapture will happen pre-tribulation period. That's my belief. I'm not trying to tell you what to believe. I'm telling you what I believe based on how I've read it and how the Spirit has led me. Okay? There are some people that believe there is no rapture. There are some people that believe, okay, there's going to be a rapture. What is the rapture? The rapture is when God will call his children and we will meet Jesus in the air. Not on the earth. We will meet him in the air and we will be taken off of the earth. That is called the rapture. The second coming is when Jesus comes at the end of the tribulation period to put an end to the Antichrist and an end to everything on earth. So don't get confused in that. And I hope I haven't confused you more. I hope I've helped you a little bit. The first coming was when Jesus was born into this world through Mary and Joseph in the manger. The second coming is when Jesus comes to finish everything on earth. There will be a rapture, okay? There will be a rapture, according to my belief, and what the way I read it, if you want to read that, you can read that in the letters of First and Second Thessalonians. Paul preaches about that, where the church is raptured off of the earth. But the seven-year tribulation is going to happen right before what is known as the thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennial reign of Christ, Most theologians and biblical scholars believe that after three and a half years, okay, and it's based on the prophecy in Daniel, after three and a half years of tribulation, that is when the Antichrist will make himself known. So he's going to deceive and scheme and hide it from people. But at three and a half years, it's finally going to be known. And the reason it's going to be known is because he's going to break a covenant that he had with Israel, a covenant of peace with Israel, in that rebuilt temple. See, right now there is no temple. But one day, during the tribulation period, there's going to be another temple. And in that temple, he's going to break that peace with Israel, and he's going to set himself up as God, and he's going to demand to be worshipped by everyone on earth. And if you don't worship him, you will be killed. That's the tribulation period. And I, that's just a... I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even... like. That's like a... That's like a a thorn off of a big bush, right? I didn't even dig into it. That's just a little bit. Dr. David Jeremiah explains it this way. There are two reasons for this period known as tribulation. First of all, it is to purge the Jewish rebels 
who live during this time. Secondly, it is to punish with the wrath of God the Gentile rejectors. Conditions will grow so terrible during the great tribulation that all life on earth would be wiped out if not for God's intervention. But in his love for his people, God will forcibly end the suffering and bring his kingdom into full existence. And just like before, deception is what's going to be used during the tribulation period, especially by the one known as the Antichrist. So why would Jesus say this? Listen, the disciples would have known the prophecies. They they would have known the prophecies, Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah. And so when Jesus brings those prophecies to light, he's bringing those prophecies to light so that they can understand it better. They can understand it clearly and know what to look out for. He said, watch out. He said, be on guard, be ready. And he says, stand firm, right? Stand firm, be encouraged. So we should be watchful, we should be ready and encouraged even with this coming tribulation period because we know that Jesus is coming back. Jesus told his disciples all of these things ahead of time to teach them and prepare them. Why? He did not want them to fall into deception. He did not want them to live with fear and with doubt. He did not want them to live with confusion. He wanted them to live with with understanding. He wanted them to live with power and strength that was given to them by the Holy Spirit. That the things we know and even the things we don't know about the end times should not unsettle us. It shouldn't unsettle us. We shouldn't go, oh, well, it it, it may or it may not. Well, I don't know. Listen, just, just stop for a second. Take a deep breath and say, whose child am I? Whose child am I? Am I a child of God? Because if I'm a child of God, guess what? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. So whether you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, a mid-tribulation rapture, or a post-tribulation rapture, it's going to be all right. You want to know why? Because our Jesus is victorious. And as children of God, we're going to dwell with him forever. Do I want to live in the tribulation period? No, I do not. I have read enough to know that I don't want any part of that. And I feel bad for anybody that's going to be here during that. I don't want to be any part of that. But if I am, guess what? I'm a child of God. And I am to be his witness when I stand in the council and in the courts. I am to be his ambassador while I'm on this earth. And so I'm going to pray for the Spirit of God to let me and help me be his witness and his ambassador. Jesus is coming back. Verses 24 through 37. So I've told you about the destruction of the temple. Jesus said, hey, this is going to happen. Now now I've told you about this tribulation period and the Antichrist, and Jesus is telling his disciples, this is going to happen. Did he tell them when it was going to happen? Nope. He just said it's going to happen. So be watchful, be ready, and be encouraged. Now he tells them about what is known as the end. The end, right? The period at the end of the sentence, or maybe the exclamation point, if you will. Verse 24, but in those days following that distress, which means following the tribulation period, in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. This is the second coming. Listen to me, guys. This is not the rapture. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the second coming. At the end of the tribulation when Jesus comes to put the Antichrist 
where he is destined to be. That's what this is. At that time, the people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away. Everything you and I see with our eyes on this earth, and when we look up in the skies, you know what Jesus says? It's going to be gone. That's hard to understand. That might even be hard to accept. He said it will pass away. But look at this. But my word will never pass away. Whew, what a truth. But about that day or hour, no one knows. I don't want to call anybody a liar. I don't. But anybody that ever wrote a book did not speak the truth. They did not speak the truth. Listen to what Jesus says. No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Listen to me. He's talking about He right there, talking to the disciples in flesh. Even Jesus refused. He put that aside. Even Jesus, in this moment, when he's talking to the disciples, he does not even know. Think about that for a minute, right? Fully God, fully man, but as fully God, he chooses to turn away from that truth. To turn away and not know that right now. Oh, does he know it now? You bet he does. Stay with me. He says, no one, right? No one, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father knows. Verse 33, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. You see that? What I say to you, Jesus says to his disciples, he's looking them in the eyes. What I say to you, I say to everyone. To everyone who believes. To all of the followers who hear his voice and read his words. Here's the word he says, watch. To everyone I say, watch. Here's the truth of this passage. And again, I wish I had a bunch of time to go through this in greater detail, but I don't. So here's the truth I want you to get. Number one, Jesus will return at the end of the tribulation period. And when he returns, he will return with all power and all glory. There will be nothing and no one on this earth who can stand against him. He is the victorious king, and he will make everything right. Though it may have felt and appeared like God abandoned those who were saved during the tribulation, and again, that's a whole other sermon. The Bible teaches us that during that tribulation period, there are going to be some left on the earth to proclaim his truth, to proclaim the gospel, and that there are an elect few that will be saved. 
And so those who will be saved will be living during that tribulation period. And it's going to feel like and look like God is gone and he's abandoned us. And they may even say, what have we believed in? But God did not abandon them. All kinds of signs will appear. Jesus tells them, all kinds of signs will appear, both on earth and in the heavens. And you will know that I am coming again. My second coming. You will know that I am coming again to make it all right. Dr. Tony Evans says this about the end of the tribulation period and about Jesus' second coming. He said, this will be an event visible to everyone during the tribulation. Every eye will see it. Jesus will send out the angels who will gather all of the Jewish believers and those who were martyred during the tribulation so that they may enter into his millennial kingdom, his thousand-year reign. So the first truth is Jesus is coming again at the end of the tribulation and he's coming with all power and he's coming with all glory and no one and nothing can stand against him. Here's the second truth. The word of God will last forever. Think about this for just a minute. Think about everything you own, all of your possessions. Think about your house, your car, your rings, right? Think about all your trophies. Think about everything you own, right? Everything that you've worked hard for to possess in this world, guess what? Gone. You know the one thing that won't be gone? This. God's Word. (laughs) Man, we strive and run after all kinds of stuff, don't we? Stuff that we just believe is so important. Look, I'm not casting stones here. I'm the one that would need to be stoned. We chase after all kinds of stuff like it's just going to last forever. And God's Word clearly tells us it ain't. But there is one thing that will last forever, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God. That's the thing we ought to be chasing every day. Oh, let me open it up and see what He has to say to me. The Word of God will last forever. And then finally... Jesus said, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. People are going to tell you that, oh, the end is here. Oh, I'm the Messiah. Oh, this. Oh, don't be deceived. He said, be alert. Be ready. And, And so Jesus tells us, since no one knows, since no one knows the approximate time, right, of the end times, how are we to live? I'll tell you how we are to live. We are to be watchful. We are to be ready. And we are to be encouraged because we belong, we belong to God through Jesus Christ. That's it. We're not supposed to sit around and have debates, right? And panic because, oh, there's another hurricane about to hit. Or, oh, there's this ungodly king over here on this nation. Or, oh, the president we didn't want didn't get elected. Oh, you know the end is here. Please just be quiet. Please, just stop. How are, you, how are we glorifying God when we talk like that? How? Why don't we read some scripture instead of getting all political and all crazy and worried? That's not how Jesus said to live. Did he say that? Did he say live worried? Did he say live panicked? Did he say worry about who's president and who's not? Did he say worry about this and worry about that? No, what I read was do not worry. What I read was do not be alarmed. What I read was be ready. Be watchful. Stand firm. Be encouraged. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, and I want want to clarify here, when Jesus spoke to his disciples, yes, he was fully human and he was fully divine. However, Jesus meant exactly what he said in his earthly body. I can't say it better than Pastor Arkent Hughes 
I love him. I read a lot of his commentaries. So listen to how he said it. He said, Jesus knows the time of his return now as he resides in his glorified body at the throne with his father. But when he was in this moment with his disciples, he chose not to know due to the integrity of his incarnation. Word become flesh. Not even the angels of heaven know. They didn't know then. They don't even know now. And anyone who says that he or she knows the date of Christ's return borders on the line of blasphemy. So when someone says they know when Jesus is coming, the exact day, the exact time, they are bordering on the line of blasphemy. Because in this moment, in our moment, you and I right now, only God the Father and God the Son know. When Jesus lived on this earth, he chose not to know that. And that's why he told his disciples in that moment, not the angels, not even the Son, though, only God. But when Jesus left this earth, when he ascended and he left this earth and he sat down at the throne with God, most theologians, most biblical scholars, and I too believe, he knows now. And I believe he's ready. I believe he's ready. In short, it's not for us to, to know the approximate date and approximate time. You know what it is for us? It's, it's for us to be watchful. It's for us to be ready and it's for us to be encouraged. You can choose how to live. You remember me saying that earlier? You can choose how to live. When you read a passage like this or when you read prophecies about the end times, when you turn to the book of Revelation, you can choose to read that and be, oh my, and get all scared and shaky. Or you can say, you know what? God's telling me this so that I can be watchful. God's telling me this so I can be ready. And God's telling me this so I can be encouraged because I get to know how it ends. Think about that for a minute. I get to know how it ends. Huh? We win. Why? Because Jesus won already. Right? We're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. That's the way Dr. Tony Evans says it. That's one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard in my life. We are not fighting for victory. We're not trying to win something. Jesus Christ already won it. So we are fighting from that victory. We are fighting with that victory in our souls. And so the only way, you might say, well, Brother Jeff, how do I live like that? How do I live watchful? How do I live ready? How do I live encouraged? I'll tell you, the only way to live like this is to be in Christ. It's to be in Christ. How can I be in Christ? Well, it starts with repentance. I recognize that I am a sinner and that I've been separated from God because of my sin And I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. So I can be in Christ through repentance of sin and belief in Jesus Christ as Messiah, the one who died for me, the one who rose from the grave to defeat sin and death so that I might live. Live how? Live watchful, live ready, and live encouraged. The end times. Have I preached the whole message? I have not. (laughs) I have not. Did I... Exhaust Mark chapter 13, I did not, because it would take me a year to preach this chapter correctly. I kid you not. We would have to move so slowly to, to, to even possibly get it right. But I have given you three truths that you ought, to, you ought to read Mark 13 and any kind of end time prophecy with. Three truths. I'm going to be watchful, I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to be encouraged, because that's the way Jesus told me to live. Not fearful, not doubtful, not even live in my confusion. Right? If I get to something and I don't understand it, I'm going to say, God, I don't understand that, but I trust you. 
and I'm going to move on. How many times do we get stuck in a spot that we don't understand and we keep on and we keep on and we still don't understand and we miss what happens next? Don't, don't get stuck in confusion and, and, and doubt and stay there. Get out of there. Say, God, I don't understand. Look, I don't understand everything. I don't. And so what I do is I choose to believe what God says. Even when I don't understand, I choose to believe what God says. You sat in that pew. How'd you know we didn't knock the leg out from under it? Before you, did you look down there and go, okay, is this thing buckled? In the, you didn't know that, did you? You chose to believe that that seat would hold you up even though that seat didn't securely say, hey, I got you. You got in your car this morning. You put the key in and you believed when you turned that key what would happen to that car. It would crank. You chose to believe it would happen. Anybody ever got in a car before and turned that key and it didn't crank? What happens to your mind? Anger? What's wrong? Oh my, how am I going to, oh, ah, oh. We go panic mode, don't we? How much is this going to cost? I'm speaking from personal experience here. My wife can tell you I'm a, I can get panic mode real fast. That's not how you and I were created to live, ever. Not right here, right now, and not looking forward to what, what comes. We are to live watchful, ready, and encouraged. And the only way we can do that is to believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in what he said. Believe in what he did. Believe in who he is. Right here, right now, and forever. Amen?